Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the second stage recap of the Tour de France firm Avex Zwift. As you can tell, I'm still in Paris holding a hairdryer. Hope that doesn't bother you too much. Benji's made his way over to the UK overnight. Don't know how much sleep he had on the bus, but no rest for the wicked. Tour de France family. It was a little it was a light warm-up yesterday. 80k today was a cracking stage. Much more action action packed from Meaux to Provence, 136.4 kilometers, and it looks flat, but in this area of the world, there's crosswinds, which they eventuated today. We had a lot of crosswind flirtation in the Tour de France mail race that never eventuated. Well, we had it today, and it was the finish line, 600 meters, 4.5%, with some parts a little bit steeper. Just Again, we discussed ad nauseum, Benji, myself, is it Balsamo, is it Voss, is it too hard for weavers? We we might never find out, but before we get into the action, we'll mention our show partners, Zwift, who are the title sponsor of this race and the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. And whether you're just starting out on your cycling journey or are looking for those final tune-ups ahead of a big event or race, Zwift is the online cycling platform that makes things fun and can make that training entertaining there are nine different worlds thousands of kilometers of virtual road including replicas of real world climbs like alp de zwift and ventop training plans and events for and races for every level of runner if you want to check it out you can go to zwift.com for a free seven-day trial or if you want to just find out more about the tour de france farm of xwift you can go to the website zwift.com as well but crosswinds were mooted benji and i think the big first news of the day was crashes just a really nervous peloton it's it's crazy like we knew that echelons can create tension and nervousness and so forth and we saw certain parts of the race where it was more dense when it comes to the forest and so forth so the surroundings were better for no echelons to happen and that's where the peloton's less dense but the second they come towards a section that is a bit more open you see riders fighting to get into a position that matters and it's noticeable that once you look from the helicopter shot, I was looking at like 20 near misses when it comes to uh, crashes. Like they weren't crashing, but they just missed the crash. And when that is happening from a helicopter sh- shot, you know that it's a matter of time before proper crashes started happening. And I think eventually we had like one section where echelons happened, where Yara Kostelain was behind for a bit, but everything kind of came back together than a crash or some kind of like accident or incident happened between Yara Kostelain and a teammate of her and another rider where Yara Kostelain was once again behind, had to chase again. So plenty of chasing early on for those riders, but it really came down to uh, the bigger crashes that followed afterwards. And one of the bigger victims was one of the big GC riders in this race. And we see a situation where in the group, there's a crash in the middle of the pack and we see Marta Cavalli able to stop and not crash, but then we see a shot from behind where Nicole Frain, Australian rider, she ends up like, it's like she's riding through riders that are standing still because of the crash. 
and doesn't necessarily break and she just rides straight into Cavalli and obviously it can be that there was a mechanical failure like that her brakes weren't working but I'd be surprised in that situation I I found it really weird and a bit of a dangerous move to to ride through standstill riders like that at pretty high speed and it straight up cost Cavalli everything here because she rides straight into Cavalli Cavalli is like three minutes behind at a certain point because of that and we actually heard a bit later that she's out of the race which is gigantic because she was a second favorite for this Tour de France fun for me yeah we thought she'd definitely be on the podium of this race in GC and like the Giro Donna she was really good she was crazy in the Ardennes and it's really a big shame to see her out and yeah she's out of the race abandoned she looks visibly shaken up but the big news of the day was apparently it was planned a team attack by Trek Segafredo at the intermediate sprint before the echelons really kicked in. And so we see Kopecky, she's going for green, going for getting the lead out from SD Works. We see SD Works investing, Chantal Vanderbrook Black, like they, they had runners at the front pacing yeah. for that intermediate sprint. But I feel like that was one of the worst leadouts I've seen in a while, and it was because Majerus, the second rider in the train, just wasn't good enough to keep up with Van den Broek Black, and then she fell through that, and Kopecky had to try and close someone. Fortunately for Kopecky, someone else closed Van den Broek Black and basically became the second rider in her leadout. Like, it was a bit messy, but they got there eventually, in my opinion. And then we think, okay, intermediate sprint gone. And you know how sometimes we've seen, like in the past, again, joking, like, let's keep it going after an intermediate sprint. We've got a gap. Well, the Trek Segafredo women's team was like, how about we actually just use the intermediate sprint to launch a full-scale team attack afterwards? And that's what happened with Balsamo going with Elisa Longoborghini, Persico, who we mentioned in the preview, uh, sort of puncher, sprinter type for Falcar. She looks very good. She gets in the move. Vanderdun's up the road. She had a 40-second gap that was reduced like 25 after the intermediate sprint because Thirsty works pacing. And so... Alisa Longoborghini gets in there too, and a group's formed. Suddenly, we're into crosswinds, and there's there's like six groups on the road. There's Ludwig, who's trying to come back. She's caught in a group behind. Cavalli's even further back. We I can't see any of SD works. Patino is pacing, I think. The Movistar rider, yep. who's maybe the key domestique for Annemiek van Vleuten. On the front, DSM will help later with Liana Lippert. They're going for the stage win and protect the yellow jersey of Lorena Vibers. SD works are the big losers here. This move, like we said in the preview, no one's beating Annemiek van Vleuten one-on-one. Maybe Cavalli could have, but yes. unfortunately she's out. No one is beating her one-on-one without crashes or whatever. It's these sort of moves on the stages where teams matter in the flat, where AVV in echelons and crosswinds, she can't just bridge a 30-second gap to, the, to these uh, riders pulling at the front. But SD Works missed it, Benji. They didn't get Vollering in the move. They didn't get, yeah, they didn't get anyone in the move or even Kopecky in the move. But they also weren't pulling hard behind. I, maybe they didn't, like Majerus was off the back. It kind of feels like they got mugged, to be honest. Yeah, basically. And we saw that Molman and Vollering were still in that group, that group with Wibbers, which is not the group ahead, which is the group behind. And they don't have domestiques to do anything. And we saw a bit of a desperate move by Vollering there. And, like, I don't know 
what to expect from SD-Works in that situation because when the gap goes out to 20 seconds, 25 seconds, 30 seconds with Lippert pacing for DSM, like we mentioned those wider spacing in that group of Weavers now, like, and Volring then decides to go for a solo move of like, it didn't last longer than 30 seconds and she got caught again. That That's not going to help the, the cooperation in that group. And the same thing with DSM kind of, because Lippert was doing loads of work, but Pfeiffer Georgie took over and she faced that hard that she basically dropped Lippert off the wheel and had a dual attack with a Movistar Rod that was also pacing for a bit and then waited on the group again. Like All these parts help the front group getting away more and more. And then you see that second group again and it's just like Yumbo's trying to move up and trying to mingle to make sure that they can stop the tempo kind of. And Canyon Shram doing the same for Nivia Dorma who's up front. So... They were blocking the pace in that second group. And I honestly, the second that Balsamo group went away with Voz and Sothov, I was like, this ain't coming back. Particularly because it wasn't just Longoborghini pulling. Balsamo was pulling a lot. And this is what we also see with six riders in a team rather than eight. We see Juliette Labou having to pull. And it's a really difficult balance where if you have mixed GC goals and sprint goals, the GC rider has to pull sometimes in the win too. There's no hiding for Labou on DSM. She was pulling and I think at least she didn't lose too much time because of it. But yeah, the curious part of this finish is Bolsmo's pulling and for from my look with another rider in the group, a lot. Like normally in this situation, you would expect the quote unquote sprinter or finisher to do to lessen their workload. Elisa Longoborghini, more of the diesel, she will take longer pulls to compensate for Balsamo sitting on a bit more. And in the crosswinds, you could tell how strong Voss was, is. She was just like binning. Persico and Vanderdun couldn't pull in the crosswinds, they were just skipping the rotation. Voss was actually binning people in, in the crosswind section. And Balsamo was strong too, but yeah. And at that point, I was like, I think they're going for Elisa Longoborghini GC. And I know it's, it's going to sound like hindsight, but I think that's fine. I would have approached it in a different way. I think if you're going for a Longoborghini GC plus letting her have a chance at the stage, I think trying to have her attack at the base of the final 600-meter climb it is never going to work. It's never, ever going to work. You need to try and let the wheel go. When Van der Duen and Persico were letting gaps open, so Voss has to look at Niviodoma. She probably wouldn't Voss would just close it, but it's further out. So that was my problem with the plan, Benji. Were you surprised? Because, listen, you called Bolsmo for this finish. World champion, she has more of a prospect of winning this stage, going into the yellow jersey, going for points. She got a lot of points taken from her today. That's a higher probability, from my perspective, than Elisa Longoborghini winning this race on GC. While I agree, I think during the stage, stuff might have changed when it comes to that. Because, for example, we see the race evolving, we see Cavalli crashing, we see Utrecht Ludwig behind, we see those situations where the riders that Longoborghini would be fighting against for that podium, for example, are dropping off the back. So... I think the more the scenario happens, the more chance he actually gets to get closer and closer to a podium spot and perhaps a third spot on this race if this continues like this. And I I would have said Balsamo's better at this finish for the stage win 100%. I still stand by that. Yeah, that's facts. But 
when it comes to her legs, I'm not 100% sure about it. Yesterday she, she said something, right? Yesterday she mentioned after the race that her positioning wasn't all right or she was boxed in, but her legs also weren't that great. So perhaps that turned over to today and had the same feeling about it. I don't know. We we don't know that aspect of Trek Segafredo here, whether that was the decision behind the scenes for Longo Borghini to try and do something from afar, try and get the stage. And even though I saw no way by going for Longo Borghini that Voss was not winning this race. Impossible. Because Voss will just, she'll be like, she's not stupid. She's like, I know what you're going to try and do. And she'll just shut it down. And that's exactly what happened. Elisa Longo-Borghini tries an attack after a Bolsmo pull, I think, in the last 600 meters. It's immediately shut down. And then we have Persico sitting on Elisa Longo-Borghini. If she's going for GC, she's now in a very tough spot with Bolsmo dropped. She's like, I should just have to keep pulling then. And she kind of keeps pulling. But then she did stop and they're finessing at the end and they're losing time on GC. So I don't really get the play there. Like when the first attack doesn't work and Voss closes you, the stage is done. So then you got to go to the secondary goal of maximizing GC time, which is why Bolsimo sacrificed for you. So you got to pace the whole climb. Don't attack, finesse, uh, pace a bit, then yeah. finesse, then give yeah. 10 seconds back. So Voss is just sitting, waiting. She knows if Voss begins her sprint at the same time as the other two, Persico and Niviodoma, the other two real threats, if she begins her sprint at the same time, she cannot lose. And if she's not boxed in, so she did that. She waited, she waited, she waited, and then she kicked exactly the same time Nivea Doma triggered and put about 10 bike lengths into everybody so she could have a nice post-up celebration photo. And Voss wins, just like I predicted, even though it was not like this whatsoever. I did not think it would be a reduced group. <laughs> I thought it would be a sprint. And she beats Persico. She looked good. Like she, it was still a long way, but she still looks good for Valkar. Still a good result. Her second, Nivea Doma third, Longborghini on a two-second gap fourth. Van der Dun got most, I think, the most competitive rider. Uh, she's already having a good Tour de France in fifth. Vibers sixth, leading the group behind with Julie, uh, Julie de Vilda seventh, Barbieri eighth, Capecchi ninth, Ponfolonieri for Ceratisit tenth. Following in that group two, uh, Lebu and Van Vleuten lose five seconds to that group and 32 seconds to ELB. To be honest... I don't think Van Vleuten has to be concerned at yeah. all with the 30-second gap to ELB. But it is it is a sign of what could happen. Like, if SD Works get in a move further out with a DSM, with Labu in there, this is probably unlikely to happen, then I'm like Van Vleuten's going to have to pull herself at some point. That should be the goal of these other teams in this first four stages. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that's the scenario that we kind of saw today accidentally. Well, not accidentally, Trek forced it. And we had a scenario where Movistar was forced into chasing. And it depends on the strength of Movistar in these four races or the strength of Van Vleuten herself and perhaps tomorrow's stage to hold on on Côte de Moutigny. We'll talk about it in a second when we take a look at the profile. Like, attacks will come in those stages but i do want to mention loki that we uh messed up one thing in the preview apparently the uh, youth classification is u23 and not u25 so labu can't win it i think oh. uh, van androy is favorite then if that's okay, the case van androy is cleaning it then well she should i don't know how much time she lost today um but okay it's different van androy is already on a minute seven and yeah okay otherwise it's a bad day for fdj all round um Cavalli out 
Ludwig losing time, Music crashed. I don't know if that was in the last 3Ks, but she went down. She did get back on her bike pretty quickly. So just a bad day all day round for FDJ. Voss, however, goes into the leader's jersey, 10 seconds ahead of Persico, 12 ahead of Navidoma, 18 ahead of Longaborghini, and a 35-second gap on the sort of other serious, apart from Persico, serious sprinters, Vivas, Kopecky, Barbieri. Tomorrow's stage from Reims, Epelnay. It's a tough one for me. It's another sort of classic style stage, 134K. It's a bit more, bit more climbing, and particularly close to the end, we have like Cat Falls, 700 meters, 8%, 1.8 kilometers, 6.6%. Then we get closer, the Cote de Mutiny. I know it's Mutiny, but I'm going to call it the Cote de Mutiny. <laughs> One kilometer, 11.5%. That is maths, maths. 16 kilometers from the finish and then rolling terrain. Then the Mont Bernard, 700 meters, 7%, and then another punchy finish. I think Voss is winning this stage, but I don't know. I think SD Works got to, I think SD Works got to send that climb, Benji, and just hope something sticks or a split happens. The 11% one. I think I'd honestly, I'm, I'm looking at a, a low-key attack by Grace Brown somewhere. Is really? that possible? Uh, yes, I guess. I guess it's possible. I think it's, what is it? Uh, 10K, it's a 10K valley before the next climb. So you going solo, you need a lot of disorganization behind. I think SD Works should try something. Trek showed what's possible today. I don't know about the win situation. I think Voss wins again, though. I just I think Voss is in such good form. I don't think she's missing a trick. Her team is strong, like Rihanna Marcus, Anna Henderson. Her team is strong. I think Voss is winning again, and it's a shame because Balsamo seems to be. She's almost given up on her legs by the second stage from the way she's ridden today. Yeah, it's surprising, and it's because we we saw so much dominance with her in the initial part of the season that when it now matters in the Tour de France fun, we expected more in these first two stages. And I don't know, I feel like Trek won GC 30 seconds today, but in the grand scheme of things, they disappointed with Balsamo for me, and that's the overwhelming thought when it comes to Trek in this race so far, I'd say. But I, I said it, Grace Brown, late attack. I think she gets over that climb with the climbers, and then she attacks away from that group, and there's people looking at each other, that kind of scenario. Perhaps she gets up there with... Mavi Garcia, like that one stage she did. I vaguely remember something like that. Could have been wrong. But anyway, like Grace Brown, I believe. I think an attack like that, particularly on a Liège light parkour, this is that climb, the Cote de Mutiny is, you know, similar to a kilometer of doing the Murder Wee. I see it. Uh, or uh, a Liège style climb. So yeah, it should be a good stage tomorrow. Hopefully the riders that crashed today, of which there were quite a few, all rest up and recover okay. And thoughts with uh, Marta Cavalli and all others that crashed. It's a shame to see that. But Mariana Voss, the GOAT, just killer instinct, gets the job done, goes into yellow. I think she'll definitely defend yellow tomorrow. And I don't know, Trek and SD works? they got to go hard tomorrow. They have to. AVV, you cannot go into those final stages. If you want to win GC or do something with uh, without a huge gap on her. But that's all from us today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see you at the recap of Stage 3 tomorrow. Ciao. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 